Welcome to the Canadian Beef Cattle Podcast, presented by the Beef Cattle Research Council. The most popular content from beefresearch.ca, available on the go. And before we get into today's episode, a message from the BCRC. Is your 2023 calf crop sold? Have you crunched benchmarks? If so, now is a great time to complete the Canadian Cow-Calf Survey, which helps the beef cattle industry update national benchmarks for key performance indicators. The information gathered also provides input necessary for the delivery and development of information and tools to benefit beef cattle producers. About five years ago, a number of cow-calf production surveys were done across the country, including the Western Canadian Cow-Calf Survey done back in 2017-2018. The information cattle producers provided has been so valuable. For example, it found that 6.8% of heifers, that's 5.2% of cows, in Western Canada lost their calves before weaning. Half of those deaths happened during the first 24 hours of birth. That information inspired the BCRC to work with veterinarians, producers, and other extension experts to develop simple, practical information resources like videos and handouts to help producers increase the odds of calf survival using the best resuscitation techniques and colostrum management practices and guidance on how to tube calves or when and how to intervene during a difficult calving. The survey will take approximately 30 to 60 minutes to complete all questions related to your 2023 calf crop. You can access the survey at beefresearch.ca slash survey. That's beefresearch.ca slash survey. This episode features the BCRC Science Director, Dr. Reynold Bergen. Hi there, I'm Reynold. This research on the record article originally appeared in the February 2024 issue of Canadian Cattlemen Magazine. It's been reposted on the beefresearch.ca site with the publisher's permission. Today I'm going to talk about an ounce of prevention. Vaccines are an important tool to help minimize pre-weaning calf illness and death. They help reduce the risk of reproductive failure in the breeding herd, and they can help improve colostrum's ability to protect next year's calf crop when it hits the ground. Vaccine technology, programs, and practices are constantly evolving. All the vaccine options that are available can be confusing, but more options also means that it it can be easier to customize and combine those options in a way that optimally protects your herd against the diseases that are most important to you. Dr. Cheryl Waldner and co-workers at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine in Saskatoon studied vaccination practices from coast to coast in 2020. The research paper is linked in the online version of this article if you'd like to read it for yourself. Now, what did they do? Well, they surveyed over 100 cow-calf operations across Canada about which vaccines they used and when they were using them in different groups of cattle. And what did they learn? Well, vaccination rates have improved nationwide in recent years. In the breeding herd, 97% of operations gave their cows at least one vaccine in 2020. In heifers, it was 95%, and in bulls, it was 83%. 92% of these producers vaccinated their cows and replacement heifers against IBR, BRSV, PI3, and BVD. Now, these are called the core vaccines, and they help to protect against viruses that contribute to reproductive failure and pneumonia. 
Now, vaccination against clostridial diseases like blackleg was only used in about half of herds surveyed, and that's possibly because some producers choose to use those vaccines every other year instead of every year. But vaccination rates using the core vaccines were lower in bulls. Bulls sometimes are simply overlooked, but sometimes they're simply less pleasant to deal with. Now, 31% of herds vaccinated bulls against foot rot, though, probably because sore bulls on pasture are even less pleasant to deal with. Now, in the nursing calves, nearly all of these operations, 99% of them gave calves at least one vaccine in 2020. 92% of them used those core viral vaccines against IBR, BRSV, and PI3. 78% also vaccinated against BVD. 87% of the herds vaccinated calves against clostridial diseases like blackleg. Vaccination against the BRD bacteria that caused pasture pneumonia was also relatively common. Over half of the herds vaccinated against manheimia. But booster vaccinations were given less often in calves. Nearly half the herds boosted the core vaccines. Almost a third of herds boosted the BVD vaccines, a quarter boosted the clostridial vaccines, and between 4% and and 25% boosted the vaccines against respiratory bacteria. Now, that, that booster shot recommended by the label is essential to get the most protection that a vaccine can provide. Neglecting boosters is probably about logistics, right? Producers give vaccines when their facilities and time and labor are all available at at the same time. Now, what what else did they learn? Well, intranasal vaccines are becoming more popular, especially for newborn calves. Now, these are relatively new vaccines, and and they're important because the injectable vaccines that we've had for years really don't work very well in the newborn calves uh, until the antibodies that have come from the mother's colostrum have started to to wane, have started to go away in the calf system. So that means that, that injectable vaccines usually aren't given until a calf a few months old. And so that leaves those calves totally reliant on the amount and quality of colostrum that they consumed at birth. So these new intranasal vaccines are a way around that limitation. Intranasal vaccines provide protection even in newborn calves. But there's several things you need to be aware of. Now, first off, the intranasal vaccines do provide protection earlier in life, but they might not last as long. So that means that boosting with an injectable vaccine a couple of months later during spring processing is particularly important. Second thing about these is that these current intranasal vaccines cover three of the core viruses. They cover IBR, BRSV, and PI3, but they don't include BVD. So that means that the calf will still need an injectable BVD vaccine during spring processing, which is when you'd ideally be also boosting the IBR, BRSV, and PI3. Now, research to identify the optimal combinations and timings of these various intranasal and injectable vaccines is underway to try to figure out how to get the most optimal uh, immune protection in calves. Now, vaccines against clostridial diseases like blackleg were used much more widely in Western Canada than in Eastern Canada. Uh, But these bacteria are a threat all across the country. Um, so this means that eastern producers are exposing themselves to the risk of some costly 
pre-weaning calf death losses by by overlooking this cheap insurance that that vaccine can give. Western producers were also more likely to vaccinate their calves against BRD bacteria than Eastern producers were. Now, BRD, you know, pneumonia is not just a feedlot disease. It's also the most common reason for antibiotic treatment of calves before weaning. So vaccinating all of the calves at spring processing will help reduce the number of calves that you'll have to chase and catch and tackle and stress and treat on summer pasture. So what does this mean to you? Well, work with your veterinarian to make sure that your vaccination program includes all the core vaccines as well as vaccines for the other important diseases that are facing your herd, your neighborhood, and your production system. Your vet can look at the vaccines that you've used recently and, and maybe point out some new alternatives that might be a better fit for your needs. Maybe a modified live vaccine will give better protection than the killed vaccine you've used in the past. They can help you decide whether intranasal vaccines are a good option for you. But it's important that you make sure that, that your veterinarian understands your entire operation including the farm work, so that the vaccine and booster schedules that they design for you fits with your field work and your pasture turnout dates, community pastures, pregnancy checking, and all the rest of it. The bottom line is that vaccines can help your cattle resist common diseases, but, but remember they're not a magic bullet. Vaccines won't overcome poor management. Cattle can't take full advantage of the protection that vaccines offer if their nutrition, if their protein, energy, vitamins, minerals, and water quality are, are not up to snuff. They also won't work as well if disease pressures are really high. If there's excessive mud or manure or overcrowding in the calving area, those can, can overcome the vaccine. So speaking of surveys, you know, we'd really appreciate it if you could take a bit of time to participate in the Canadian Cow-Calf Survey. That survey helps us to refine our research priorities as well as our producer extension efforts. And you can find that at www.beefresearch.ca slash survey. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can find all relevant links and information at beefresearch.ca or in the show notes. The Beef Cattle Research Council is funded by the Canadian Beef Cattle Checkoff and strives for excellence in the production of Canadian beef, cattle, and forage through research, innovation, and extension. Tune in every Tuesday as the Canadian Beef Cattle Podcast delivers straightforward insights, expert information, and a wealth of practical knowledge for Canadian beef producers. Subscribe now.